Alrighty then, buddy. <laughs> what do you, you've uh, thrown back a can of Mountain Dew there? Mountain Dew Baja Blast Zero Sugar. Wow, Baja Blast is it's a it's a cla- It not only is it a classic uh, Mountain Dew flavor, it's I feel like it's become synonymous with like a, a certain kind of person <laughs> in a way, in a way, <laughs> you know. Huh. Not to say not to say anything of people who drink Baja Blast or I, that's that sounds negative. When you say it like that, it sounds like I'm implying something negative, and I'm not. Okay, so what um, what type of person are you uh, referring to? I to me, it makes me think of like someone who's really into gaming because like mm. Mountain Dew would do a lot of like video game promotions, and I remember like when Halo Two or Three was coming out, they have like a game fuel flavor. Um, now I know that. If I if I'm pretty sure I have this right, that Baja Blast is strongly tied to Taco Bell. I think that yes, that, you are that correct. Taco Bell and Baja Blast, there's like some sort of connection there. It's like the Spacing Guild and the Ixians, you know, like they are they're their own separate entities, but they are like strongly intertwined, you know. Yeah, that's true. I mean, um, Baja Blast was a Taco Bell exclusive flavor. Right, right. So, and I and I think like Taco Bell, like that's where it kind of mixes in with that identity. Because I think like Taco Bell, you, I think you could say that it's it's favored by um you know a subset of gamers. It's easy, uh, delicious food that you can you can get on the cheap and then just like kick back and you know get some headshots. You know, yeah, all all the headshots. Back a can of Baja Blast. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was not offered in cans back then, so that's not totally accurate. Right. You'd be slugging right. down a, a an extra large, <laughs> you know, Taco Bell, yeah, Baja Blast, slurping back, uh, slurping back a straw, Baja Blast, yeah, yes, yes. Um, but you've been, you kind of have like crossed over into, um. You 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 have an affinity for Taco Bell these days. Oh we yeah, we haven't really no, discussed uh, yeah, you and I, yeah, but I, yeah. I'm aware because of Twitter. I do, yeah. No, I mean, um, I, I I really only tried it for the first time this year, or or we a, a few weeks ago, a month or month or month and a half ago. Taco Bell or Baja Blast? Taco Bell. Okay, so you have been a blaster then. You've blasted beforehand. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, it's, um, it, it was the first time I, I I really ever tried it. Um, and what I, I what did, made you like finally cave? And you're like, okay, I'll I'll have Taco Bell now. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I, I I was working a lot of late nights, you know. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I I always drive home past Taco Bell, and, and I'm always hungry when I get out of work. I'm like, there's nothing I, that I, I can eat, you know, that I that is open still this late and i was like wait taco bell like I, it's right in my way home i could just get it if there's <laughs> something if there's something there for me then then i'm, I'm gonna get on this 
Um, and, and yeah, so, so I got into the Power Bowls. I would do a steak Power Bowl with like a, a lot of cheese and ranch and all that, like just a lot of uh, good stuff that is, you know, low carb. And uh, yeah, I've definitely had it. I, I've I've waited 45 minutes for Taco Bell at like midnight. I, you know, I didn't wow. I didn't think it was going to be that that long, but you know, it, it, I was stuck in the drive-through line for 45 minutes, and yeah, and it was it was worth it. That is high praise. I not many places, you know, even even outside of the realm of fast food, um, I think I'd be like, oh yeah, you know, worth the 45 minute wait. So yeah, yeah, especially at midnight. Nice, cool man. Um. We had to wait a lot longer than 45 minutes for this newest Dune trailer to drop. It's that's true. What we, that's what we call a fucking segue, by yeah, the way. Yeah, that was... Did you see that I one? Mean, now, Did you yeah, that? yeah, yeah. Now, now I, I see why you uh, yeah. chose to talk about Taco Bell first <laughs> for five right. minutes. You, you had I, that segue in mind. Yes. Makes sense. I knew that I could get from Baja Blast to Dune no problem. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, six degrees of uh, Dune right there. Yeah. I can, I, I can do that shit. Um, I just watched the the newest Dune trailer. We're talking about the one. It dropped today, right? The 22nd? Today? Yeah. Um, so I just watched that uh, a couple hours ago once I got back from work. And... Um, You've seen it, right? You saw it? The Dune trailer? Yes. I did, yeah, yeah. I mean I, yeah. I, I woke up and I I like you saw, you know, screenshots and stuff and I was like, wait, is there is there a trailer out? Is it really out? And then yeah, it was. Yeah. What do you think, man? Well I mean, mm-hmm. I think it I think it was, was really good and uh made me very, very excited for the movie and confident it'll it'll be well done i guess yeah the thing that stood out to me the most like especially in con- in contrast to lynch's film you know with the 84 movie so not only had we just finished reading the first dune book when we watched the lynch film so like it was easy to pick this out but so many of the lines in lynch's film are lifted directly yeah. from the book they're just yep. straight quotes and it is clear that uh, that's not happening here at all. Like, probably the only things that'll be, like, left intact is the litany against fear mm. and, I don't know, some other some other iconic bits and pieces that aren't yeah. springing to mind. But um, that scene where uh, where Duncan is, like, ribbing Paul and he's like oh it looks like you gained some muscle and Paul goes mm. really and then Duncan goes no I was <laughs> like uh I don't know I really I kind of can't wait to see that in the full context yeah. of the yeah. film because to me that feels like a Marvel joke you know what I mean I I do know what you mean yeah, yeah. so okay I I think there, yeah, it there there is a uh, uh, fear among some people that that it's that where the you know the dialogue has been Marvelified a little bit. 
Um, like, you know, I mean, that, that scene with Duncan, but then also the scene with Gurney, you know? Yeah, yeah. When uh, Leto tells him to smile. Right. That, like, like, those are definite, um, I don't know. If if they were in Marvel movies, they would probably be the least offensive of of all of them. So I I, I sure, feel like it's sure. I don't feel like it's it's I it it doesn't stick out to me as much as just how um, I don't know. Yeah, how dumb they sound in in the context of Marvel movies, you know? Right. I that that's fair. That's fair too. Like you you of course. You can have things within a Marvel film that would work in other films and not work in others or, or vice versa. Um, so to have something in common with Marvel isn't damning. Uh, no. I don't, I don't mean that as a bad thing either. So Yeah, I mean, I I, I think it, it did well to actually, um, you know, like both of those moments did, did really feel like the like like appropriate for the characters. You yeah. know, it it, 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 you know, it wasn't any like uh um you, you know out of character uh kind of moments yeah i actually wanted to talk about that quick because for as short as the well it's actually not a short trailer it's like 3 minutes yeah. but like for for as small as those scenes within the trailer are they might speak of something greater because like my thought actually was a little different from that um, only because, like, I feel like, um, you know, Gurney isn't so self-serious. You know, I kind of feel, he's not like a fucking, like, minstrel, but he's, um, I, I feel like I remember Gurney being the one more likely to tell a joke than Duncan. Like, Duncan mm. in the first book, which we've talked about because of how, how much his character has flourished in the subsequent novels. Like Duncan in the first book has such a small role in what he does have. I kind of remember being as a bit more flat. My thought is they're like, Oh, well we got Jason Momoa to be fucking Duncan Idaho. So like, let's give him like some of the, yeah, the, I think the wise ass comments, sure. you know, like, that's, that's I think totally that's influencing his character a bit too. I, I, I think for sure. Um, but in, you know, watching this trailer, it it made me think to myself, like I think, I think they got the right Duncan. I think I think this I I think Jason Momoa would be a fun Duncan to watch if they were to make you know more Dune movies. Yeah, um, I think so too. So I like within the context of the first Dune book, yeah, he 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 was kind of a bland and ineffectual character that. But like we're not gonna have Jason Momoa play play a bland, ineffectual no, character. No, but right, we think, wouldn't want him to. You're right. I think they took, I I mean, based on the you know the the uh, very short period of of uh, of it that I've seen, I I um, I feel like they kind of had future Duncan in mind, maybe for the characterization of this movie, as well as obviously if you have a star like Jason Momoa, then then he's gonna be a little bit more. Uh, you know, two dimensional, but, uh, but I, I, I felt like his, his, you know, Duncan's future, it, it does maybe play a part and make me like the, the characterization even more, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think the other thing, like talking about like, Oh, this might be different or maybe they're changing this a bit. Like I, I just want to mention too, um, 
that it's so it's so funny to me because I feel like usually I might be on pins and needles, but um, I feel like freed. I've, I I don't care. Like I am all hyped for this movie. You know, they could have Paul put on, on a fucking worm suit and do a thousand backflips and fucking chop the Baron's head off in the first half hour. And I wouldn't give a shit. I don't care what they do in this Dune movie. Like, I have never felt... Uh, because I've never had this experience of, of like, reading a, a series first. So it's weird for me. But I have never felt such, like, a... um, Like, I, like I've had such a personal ownership uh, or, or, like, a, a personalized headcanon in a way of, like, a universe as I have with Dune. Yeah. Like... I am so stoked for this movie because I'm really interested to see what, like, this team's collaborative effort and, like, what their interpretation of Dune is going to be on such a big, grand budget. But, like, I'm really at the point where I feel like nothing can can take away or damage, like, my Dune. And, like, I, you know, I've never had that. Like, when yeah. I read the Harry Potter books... It was after I saw the movies, mm -hmm. you know, and Star Wars, like I've read some of the books, but like it's always in a movie franchise, you know, like, but, but with Dune, it was the first time that I got into something like really strictly and only through reading it. Yeah. Um, and so watching the trailer today was really funny for me because like I could see the part, like the fucking power armor. I don't know what that is. Like when, when Paul's, the helmet comes off of him, yeah, I don't know what that yeah, is. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't matter because it looks cool and I want to see what like they think it's going to, you know, be. Yeah, it does look and, very, um, very cool. I'm like, yeah, like make it weird, you know, like I was I was kind of worried that this movie might be a little muted, you know, to, to try and fit like the, the Hollywood mold of like self-serious sci-fi adventures. But I'm like, it looks like they're they really have their own handle on it and uh i'm excited to see it and like i just really love dune and i love that other people love dune so it's fucking cool yeah you yeah know? it's 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 been a you know blast watching this all come out and uh and reading everyone's thoughts on it and everything and and you know dune twitter discourse is fun yes um but yeah i mean uh uh, I'm I'm happy that there's going to be some license that that's being taken because there's there's a lot that does happen you know you know off screen in the book so so there really is a lot of opportunity to to kind of engineer uh, interesting so you know scenes that that maybe were not um, you know uh, written in in the book so you know I'm excited yeah. to kind of get a different yeah, I mean, you know, just like experiencing the story from a different angle. Yeah, exactly. Right, because we've already read the book, you know? Like, we don't exactly. need to see yeah. the one-for-one -one version translated onto the screen. Um, that that has its own place, but, like, it's not what I would be as excited for. Like, no. watching this trailer made me more excited to, to see the things that deviate from yeah. what I understand from the book. Yeah, like, yeah it makes me realize that that's what I want to see even more. So, um, yeah, I hope, I hope we get that in some way. And, in a, it's like, it has, it's weird. 
it's a really weird balancing act because you have to still tell the story of Dune, you know, and you, but yeah, where you change things and where you like adapt things to still tell the, the framework of that story, but you know, maybe to make it more, uh, streamlined for a film. Yeah. Um, that'll be really cool to see what does and possibly does not work about that. We'll have a lot to, yeah, to talk it's, about. but it's, yeah, the trailer was cool. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, it's not going to be too streamlined because the running time has been revealed to be two hours and 35 minutes. Yeah. Bring it on. Isn't mm-hmm. that so cool? And then it's only the first half. I know. You know, yeah. so it's yeah. like, you know, ultimately th- there will come a day where we can sit down for like essentially a five hour Dune movie, you know? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. If um, just watch both back to back and fucking that would do it be, up. Yeah. I mean, we, we will do that one day if, if, uh, if the second one gets made, cause, um, I, I mean, I think it's pretty, I don't want to feel like I'm, you know, jinxing anything, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> right. You personally will be responsible I, for not, the downfall on, of this. Dune knock on wood, knock on wood, but I think that it's, it's pretty safe to bet on the sequel. I mean, just to even judging from the hype of the trailer yeah. dropping, um, I think it's, I think it's, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of building up to have a moment, you know, I think it's, I think it might have its own moment, which is what you want. You know, I think, I think it's just going to be like the, uh, culture and, um, uh, you know, just the, the world opening back up is going to kind of, um, maybe present itself as like, just, just, just it's it's like the fever pitch you know like, like right. the right moment you want to strike on and it's just it's propelled by the by the cultural uh context yeah i think so too um and just like you're saying like not to say that anything's like too big to fail or whatever but um i mean just judging from the cast alone to have uh timothy chalamet as the main character uh and then oscar isaac and um who, who I Momoa. think I, mean, I think Oscar Isaac is going to be a good leader. I, I uh, yeah. from this trailer, you know, he seems to be a good choice. Yeah, I mean, he is like freaking space zilf material. He he like, is he is he is that uh yeah. that I love to see him with the beard, man. I know. Um, yeah, he's yeah he's, he's a very attractive man. You know, I think <laughs> I think Duke Leto was a very attractive man too, or you know, was meant to be. I yeah I, I imagined him as a as a very yeah. handsome man, so I think Oscar Isaac I think he I think he meets the requirements. Yeah, I think so too. Is it Isaac or Isaacs? I kind of forget. Is there an S at the uh, end? I think of it's that? just Isaac. It's not Oscar Isaac or Isaacs. I don't. I mean, let's Oscar. I guess just I I said Oscar Isaac the first time, and then I was like, am I missing an S? No, it's just Isaac. It is okay. Isaac, yeah, yeah. Oscar Isaac. All right. Not not yeah, multiple uh, Isaacs. Um, yeah, the one thing that I, I, I really, and I, I really, I, I really liked Oscar Isaac in the the uh, sequel films. He played uh, great Poe Dameron. Um, yeah, and I, I do think he'll be utilized well here as Leto. The one thing I think he like looks the part so well. Um, the one thing I'm I'm kind of waiting on, I always pictured him with like a very imposing sort of like voice. And I think that Oscar Isaac is actually like kind of a, a pretty approachable person in some regards. Like the yeah. Way he, yeah. Uh, he talks. So 
I wonder if he'll be able to kind of like step into that role of uh, like stern authority, you know, when he needs. Yeah, um, no, I mean, uh, I, I think that's yet to be seen because, I mean, his his character in Star Wars was, you know, kind of the, the, the badass, but also like sassy and yeah he's you know, just a scrappy yeah. hot shot pilot yeah exactly yeah i mean i i don't really think that he had much depth to him i mean i don't really think any of those characters did but um no unfortunately so, not so i think this will give him an opportunity or they didn't end with depth anyways no yeah, but, yeah. yeah there's maybe some some depth there uh but um no i think i think duke leto is kind of a um a good chance for us to see Oscar Isaac's range in in like a, uh, like, like another yeah. Star Wars movie, yes. and I, I, you know, Star Wars type film, you know, um, yeah. I mean, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be cool. I, I think he can do it. Just just like being, judging by some of the the, seri- the the more serious scenes that we saw glimpses of in the trailer, I think uh, I don't know. His face looks right, so we'll see. <laughs> He's got a good face. Yeah, you know, yeah. We can certainly say that. All right. Um, let's uh, let's let's pivot a bit more. We can talk about where we are at. We are in the far, far future, way beyond this trailer. Well, we gotta we gotta sing the song first, my friend. We gotta sing the song yeah, first. We gotta sing the song first. This, you, this thought, might be, you thought I forgot, you idiot, this, you stupid this, <laughs> moron. This might be one of the last times we have to have to sing it. Yeah, yeah. Um, very, very well, perhaps. Very, very well, perhaps the second to last time. Yep. Yep. I, uh, I think so too. All right, let's do it. All right. Wait, I gotta get the lyrics. Oh, okay. Oh, you, you come on. You, you don't remember it by now. I, I think I'd get well, most of we, it, honestly. Well, we've got some scattered people coming right. don't back jump, from outer don't jump space. The okay. All right, ready? I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah. We did it. Sick. Sick. I knew you knew it. I mean, I had the lyrics pulled up, so. Okay, but even if you didn't, you wouldn't have known it. I would have, I would have gotten most of it, I think. Would've you would have known it. it in your heart. My heart of hearts. I actually, I had to stop there for a second. I, I missed the line, but you probably won't be able to even hear me, so it doesn't matter. Probably doesn't even matter. Well, it might matter. Um, real quick before we keep going, because it, it is a bit of a tradition for us to talk about if we think we're done or not. And then we can <laughs> yes, argue yes, for a bit. Yeah. But when I started reading this section, these five chapters, um, I was looking at it and I'm like, yeah, I think two episodes after this one, you know, I'm like, we'll probably have to break it up 
even if there won't be a lot left. But then I got to the end of this section, and I think what's left will will be the same will be the same amount. Yeah. It looks like five chapters it does. or, or the it equivalent does. in pages. So. It does. I mean, so here here we are. If what, what if it's seven chapters or six chapters? Uh, we're, at, we're, we're at the impasse. We need to we need to pick one. You know you know where I stand. I do, I do. And truthfully, I and we have not seen eye to eye to this in the past, but I think we finished the book. Yep. Okay. Because even if it is a bit more, just judging by what seems to be the amount of pages left, um, I, I think it'll be roughly the same amount that we're going to talk about today. Sure. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. Like, I, <laughs> you know, I like I do when I don't want to know how many chapters are left. Yeah. But uh, I'm not going to look. You know, we, we just... Fuck, fucking fly by the seat of our pants and that's how we do things here yep um i think we just fucking finish it it looks like we're done you know i think so too yeah i think i think we're i think we have reached uh the finish line here are you Almost. it seems like, like we're kind of coming to this realization or or maybe came to this realization as we were reading too like because i guess what i mean to say is um when i started reading these five chapters that we're going to talk about in just a second I didn't realize that we were at the second to last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it felt like all of a sudden, like, oh, like, this is really the end. I know. Like, I know. Yeah. Yeah. I think, it, it, you know, because in the beginning, some of our predictions, I think, I think maybe you were like, yeah, I think that the second half of the book will be like, you know, uh, them on Arrakis and Duncan and Shiana, you know, yeah. meeting up and stuff. But like, it looks like in in classic Frank Herbert fashion, we uh, we got all of that in one fell swoop, and yes. it's 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 not as much of any one thing that you expected or wanted, but but it's all there. Yeah, it really is. Um, yeah, these five chapters are going to be interesting to discuss and break down because like a lot of different things are happening at this point in the book. Like sometimes it feels like we're when we're getting closer to the end, like the characters are are more consolidated, mm. and that is happening. Like yeah. we are like kind of like coalescing as Herbert does, but um, like each of these five chapters like focuses on a very different thing. Mm. I almost felt like I got like some whiplash, yeah, going through these these chapters because I I felt like I was more ready for things to be settled than than Herbert was at this point. Like it's like things are still being added, mm. you know, things are, are still being expanded upon rather than like focused in on in some ways. Yeah. And, uh, and we're going to talk about that. So let's talk <laughs> about that. Um, All right. Yeah, let's do it. Are you ready to jump into chapter one? I am, you know, like, like, like last time it's been a while for me and uh, yeah. it's been, you know, crazy week, crazy few weeks. I know. So, yeah. I, I'm probably gonna forget some things, but I'll I'll take your lead. Cool. Yeah, that's okay. I have gotten into the habit of just taking some notes as I go through these chapters, which has been helpful because yeah, like you'll be ready to podcast and then I'm not. Or Yeah, I just it's I'll be right you know. We haven't had a very good like 
work schedule for being on the, no. the weekly podcast no, thing. No, no, so, um, and that's okay. Like it, it's a little, it's too bad to be this close to the end and to feel like, wait, what's happening sometimes, I know, I but know. you know, that's life, man. Here it we is. are. We're living it, you know, that's okay. So let's go through chapter one. Um, I'll lead you through it. Uh, let's see. I got to look at it too. Um, okay. This is, this is Taraza arriving, uh, to Rackus. Mm-hmm. Arriving at Rackus. Arriving. She's at Rackus. And, <laughs> and, uh, she meets up with Odrade, of course. And Odrade is like feeling more. She's feeling nervous. Like she doesn't really know what to expect by Taraz's arrival and like the implications behind it. Um, and not only do Taraz and Odrade get to have a private conversation, but then they bring in Shiana. And Shiana is kind of like tested mm-hmm. by Taraz. And, you know, really looking to see if she has the potential to be a Reverend Mother. But, like, even more than that, they are already talking about if she could be a Reverend Mother superior. Like, they are literally within, like, five minutes of Taraza meeting her. Odrade and Taraza are like, you know, she might take your role, Taraza. She might be yeah. you. Like, mm-hmm. um which seems like a pretty big deal to like, you know, be, be uh, like discussing that so early on. But maybe that's how it works. You know, maybe you're kind of bred for that role um, or groomed for it rather. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I have my notes here. I can go through my notes that's kind of like the broad outline of this chapter. Is there anything you want to mention from just me saying that? Or should I go into what I have written down? No, do, do your thing. I, I'm a little iffy. Do your thing. Okay. Yeah, because my memory's a little iffy too. So Okay. Um, but, okay, so there's this one... Let's see... There's this line where um, Odrade is thinking about the... It's actually at the very beginning. And I've wanted to... I think I've wanted to come back to this for a little while, so I'm glad the chapter mentioned this. But Odrade talks about the painting in Terraza's office. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Do you remember what the painting is, by any chance? No. <laughs> do you remember who painted the painting? Nope. It's Van Gogh. Oh, oh yes, 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 yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's not like a painting painting. You know, it's like a weird, uh, like, recreation of the artist paint, like... The way I understand it, I, I think it really is the painting, but they have a technology that, like, scans it or something and like you can like feel what van gogh felt when he made the painting okay but at any rate 
Um, the painting itself, um, I, I have it pulled up here. It's, I wanted to see what it looked like. Um, I don't know if my phone's going to focus. <clears throat> Not like it's going to do it justice. Mm-hmm. But they mentioned it before. It's called Cottages at Cordville. And I guess I want to mention it because Odrade's thought about it a couple times. And, you know, like Odrade has all this trauma from being plucked away from her home at such a young age. And so I think she's like really drawn to this painting of kind of like a simple cottage life, you know, like presumably the life she had before the, the Bene Gesserit came to, mm. you know, bring her back into the fold. Um, and she's kind of wondering, like, why she's thinking about it. She she feels like it keeps coming back into her mind. And I wanted to mention it because I think Odrade's thinking about it, like, not because of... Not for herself, but, like, she recognizes that Shiana is about to be tested mm-hmm. and, you know, yeah. taken into the Bene Gesserit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we get, like, this kind of mirroring with uh, Odrade and Shiana with, like, the not only a mentor figure, but kind of like a, fa- or a mother-daughter thing. Yeah. And then uh, Teg and Duncan. Yep. Where they're like Absolutely. the mentors, but they have like a strong bond. And yeah. There's a lot wrapped up in there because Teg is also Odrade's father. Like mm, True, true. Which I haven't thought too much about. Like Odrade feels like she, you know, was kind of like ripped away from her family, but then like Teg's her real dad and Teg doesn't even really like her or care about her. I don't know. Tag, I'm kind of rambling a bit, but I just wanted to mention essentially this. Um, you know, I think more and more Odrade sees herself being shoved into the role of the Reverend Mother who, like, she kind of doesn't want to be, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and that she's sort of made to... Um, manipulate Shiana to want to be a Bene Gesserit or a Reverend Mother, um, even though she doesn't fully understand what that means. You know, like, Mm -hmm. Shiana's, like, very eager, and she's like, whoa, I can get superpowers? But, like, Odrade knows, like, the emotional toll that's required of that. And I think she's, like, feeling very guilty about um, kind of pushing someone into the same thing that she's gone through. Um, Yeah, yeah, I think that's part of it. And I mean those, uh, the, like those those feelings, uh, you know, are are something you know we know that she does let inside of her, and that's and that's that's rare for a Bene Gesserit to do so. Um, and I mean, it's it's just one thing, you know, that that I think uh, could lead to, you know, her downfall or their downfall, you know, um, letting letting Shiana, you know, actually cause, cause, uh, her to maybe, maybe break the rules of the sisterhood. We'll see, you know, it's, it's, 
I, th- I think it's like little things like that, little chips in the armor that um, are are you know eventually going to kind of uh, make their order collapse in on itself. You know. Yeah. So so you're kind of like all in on Leto's prophecy becoming true. I think so. Yeah. 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 I, I I I think he I think he knows what he was saying. Yeah. Yeah, I really <laughs> I yeah, I really don't know. Um I think that Herbert has a tendency to to side with or or to give Leto like the viewpoint of like clarity, you know. So I think if Leto is saying that the Bene Gesserit are like kind of doomed to fall apart that he's probably right too. Um but it's weird because to be following so many characters in this book who are either Bene Gesserit themselves or strongly tied to the Bene Gesserit, it, it kind of feels like, well, if they fall apart, like what's left, you know, like these are the characters we have, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, judging by the, the next book's name, I don't think that we're going to see the downfall of them. Yeah. In this book in real time, you know, I think it's, I think it'll be uh I mean, hey, maybe maybe that that degradation will be will be the plot or part of a plot of, of you know, yeah. the new, uh, in, in, in the next <laughs> book. I don't know. I, I know we're close to the end, but let's not get too ahead of ourselves. But I, I am, I definitely do. I I also have like one eye on Chapter House as I'm reading. Yeah, um, yeah. This shit. It's like what is going to carry over? You can't. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, you can't ignore knowing the 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 title at least of of the next book while you're reading. Yeah. The previous one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So at any rate, I, I like that. Um, that painting is, is still brought up and relevant. Like, I, I think that's like such a cool detail to have for Odrati's character. I like that. Um, oh, let's see. Here's another one. Uh, it's for my copy. It's the bottom of page 371. Um, Oh, so Terraza and Odrade are talking about the Reverend, or no, sorry, not the Reverend Mothers, the Honored Maiders, and here's what they said. Let us make no mistake about this, Odrade said. They have surpassed the sexual skills of our imprinters. Whores, says Terraza. Yes, they employ their skills in a way ultimately fatal to themselves and others. They have been blinded by their own power. Um, I think we're going to have a bit more to talk about this, but this has been mentioned before, and I read that line and I had to stop and think, like, what, what is Herbert saying about, like, I don't know, like, the use of sexual power? Like... I, I think I think that the Bene Gesserit are kind of like propped up as the protagonists here, and the Honored Maiders, of course, as the antagonists. That doesn't have to mean good and evil. Like, of course, the Bene Gesserit are, are responsible for a lot of ill in the Duniverse, and Herbert knows this as well. So they're not heroes by any stretch. But I think that the the Bene Gesserit is kind of like colored to be a bit more in the right of the argument here and so i'm like 
I don't know. It seems like a weird condemnation almost of like sexuality for its own pleasure. Like it, it feels like, and if I'm reaching here, tell me, but I want to talk about this because what I was thinking when I read that line is like, well, the honored maters seem to be like, um, representative of like this very extreme, uh, you know, it's like sexual energy and force and almost like they revel in it. And the, the Bene Gesserit, like, of course have like all this, uh, sexual knowledge, but like, it's, it's aimed at a goal, you know? Um, it's, it's done in service for something else. It's not just to have like mind blowing sex and it's not for the honor maters either. They're trying to control people, but like the Bene Gesserit have said this several times. They're like, well, the honor maters can't survive this way. Like their powers of like sexual force is like almost too, too, too amazing to control. Like it's mm. going to be their own undoing. What's up with that? Do you have any thoughts on that too? Or um I I don't know. I think it's I I I yeah, it's hard to to pin one as, you know, good or bad. Um but but we are obviously are on the Bene Gesserit side. Just um but I I I I don't it's not a I don't think it's a condemnation of sexuality, you know, from Herbert, I, I think I think it's it is what the biased Bene Gesserit reaction would be, you know. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's 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 you know very heated, definitely, and um, you know I I I I don't think Terraza has like that much prescience, you know. I think that's been been stated um, yeah uh, so it might just might just be you know a uh more of a wish on on how the automators uh you know fuck themselves over yeah yeah it's funny how um like how herbert has distanced himself from prescience uh after children of dune um, I mean, I guess even more after Messiah, really. Dune and Messiah deal so much with prescience, and even as early as Children of Dune, like, Herbert makes some very deliberate moves to get away from that in different ways. Um, so, so you're right, though. Yeah, it's kind of funny how little that's been discussed or, or brought up when that was such a big part, you know, of, uh, of the story and even of the Bene Gesserit early on. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you'd, you, you'd imagine the, the Mother Superior to have, you know, a, a vast amount of prescience, but, you know, it seems like she's, she's one of the, uh, the, the, the modern uh, order with, with the least prescience. So it's, yeah. it's it, it does seem like there has been a decrease in their reliance on that kind of thing. And in, in that, in that it's it's been bred out bred out of them to a certain extent. Um, it's it's still a tool in their pocket, but it's not the way it was, you know. Right. Yeah, maybe a mix of like. It sounds like at this point they have like enough spice, but you know they certainly have less of it from Leto, of course. Um, 
And then also, you know, just like the it's it seems like the Atreides genes for prescience is so strong. Like if you're not an Atreides trying to see the future, it almost looks like it's like, well, what are you even doing? You know, like, yeah, 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 sure. Um, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, OK, two more quick things. Um, page 373 for me. Um, Odrade, let's see. Odrade and Terraza, of course, they're still talking. Odrade's mentioning that she thinks the axolotl tanks aren't tanks at all, and that uh, it's actually just the women of the Tleilaxu. It's the reason why no one has seen a female Tleilaxu. Yes. Oh, God. I forgot about this. Because, right, they I just birthed them. And Terraza's like, Whoa, the amount of things you would have to like calculate for is insane to try and do that. Um, that in and of itself does raise a lot of things, and, and the later chapters discuss that a little bit too. But I thought it was interesting. Um, Terraza's talking about like how you're, how Odrade is manipulating Waf. And um, Odrade says, to it's a response, but she says, that is, of course, the lever I am using. Um, yeah. I, it's such a small thing, but I wanted to mention that because that felt like such a Herbert line. It goes back to Yue in the first Dune book mm-hmm. when they're talking about, I think it's the Harkonnens talking about UA when they're talking about like, how do you break the conditioning? And yeah, Peter is yeah. like, well, everyone has a lever, you know, like mm-hmm. yeah. you just have to find yeah. out what lever to pull in order to, to get someone to do what you want them to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was cool to see that language like crop up again here. Cause I was immediately like, Oh shit. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I, Herbert. I, I didn't even realize that I, I recognized it, but I, I, you know, I mean, it's, it's a, uh, yeah, it's it's a funny thing that um, yeah. I, I mean, we haven't really even uh, seen seen more of um, what's it called? Uh, you know, the the uh, thing that prevents UA from yeah, what's, uh, what's, uh, what's the imperial called? conditioning. Imperial conditioning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's yeah. That, that's an aspect that I that I wish we saw more of. Yeah, but you know what is so funny. That, in a in a small way, does come back in one of these chapters. I'll remind you of it when we okay. get to it, if it's not the okay. top of your head. But, um, but yeah, okay. And lastly, Terraza, Odrade's thinking to herself, like, from their conversation, that, that she feels like Terraza wants her as an enemy. Yeah. Um, and it's like, well, does Terraza want Odrade as an enemy to make it easier for Terraza to, like, justify killing her? You know, like, if Terraza can convince herself that Odrade is her enemy and that they're at odds, would that be able to, like, bypass whatever emotions she's struggling with in order to break the final Dar and Tar connection? Mm, Um, Yeah, yeah. So that's... That's still all hanging there. We don't really get anything with that afterwards. Um, 
And yeah, I didn't really talk about the whole thing with Shiana, but that that's all really interesting. Um, but but I, I feel like the real core of this chapter is still between Odrade and Terraza. So yeah, that's what I wanted to discuss from it. Um, do you want to move on? Do you want to say anything else here? How do you um, feel, man? I I I feel good. I'm done with that chapter. You know, I'm along for your ride tonight. Yeah, um, yeah, but but I do have to pee. So let's let's take a. You got to pee already. I got to pee. I, that I, Baja Blast is really. I've had a Baja you, Blast huh? and a Coke Zero Sugar Cherry. <laughs> I'm just I'm just lugging these bad boys back. So I got to go pee, um, but we'll be back in just a moment. All right. So chapter two. Chapter two. Chapter two is Duncan following his guide through through uh, like these animal paths. They're they're kind of going through uh, you know sort of a foresty environment across like a mountain path. It sounds like some some treacherous terrain. Um. And Duncan's just trying to figure out what the fuck's going on, really. Like, he's kind of wrapped up in this whole thing. Um, he's kind of found himself, like, uh, in, in, an, in another plan, you know? Like, he has a bit more say in this. But, like, ultimately, he's kind of swept up in, like, this larger design yet again. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of just trying to, like, get his bearings. He's like, what the fuck is going on. Um, but a lot of this chapter has to do with like him kind of like coming to terms with uh, letting other people lead mm. and um, I don't know, trusting other people too in a way. So the the chapter itself is is really just Duncan and this guy walking um but it it has a lot to do more to do with like their dynamic um what did you think about this chapter do you do you remember it at all um i yeah no i i i I do remember it um i think it's just like more frustration from duncan um you know about about yeah not not leading you know i mean he's he's like a fiercely independent person who who like I don't know you know cannot bear not having you know freedom um so I thought that you know that that, that is interesting that you know his entire life in this body you know he 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 has always been just a just a player and part of somebody else's plan um and the, and and the guy that he's traveling with is is interesting too. You know, he's he's a uh, you know of a very few words, right? And and he changes yeah. the name that uh, uh, that he calls Duncan, and, and you know won't won't give him his real name. Right. Yeah, there's definitely this idea that like they're not just putting on a disguise; they have to like commit to changing their whole identity yeah. in order to. To try and like slip slip by, um, 
which yeah is is a tough like thing for Duncan to to do and to, to reckon with like I think especially after like the awakening of his memories you know like Duncan's existence as a Gola has been entirely um caught up in identity and like trying to figure out who he is yeah who he is really who's like living inside of him and now he's kind of being asked to forget those things and to you know kind of don the mantle of someone else for for a time um and yeah i think everything he's been like taught and conditioned has has kind of like set him up to fight against that so he has to like really let go in this chapter in a lot of ways um yeah yeah he yep he has to so it's it's cool to see that that growth from him i think you know i don't know if every incarnation of duncan would be capable of that like the duncans in god emperor would like go mad you know um i think it's one of those things that that kind of differentiates the the various duncans throughout time like um i think him like awakening into toledo's empire and to see what the atreides have done like kind of always caused this like insanity um but but in this you know after period um you know not not only is duncan different but like the conditions of him being created and raised are different like so many things have have changed around him um so it's cool to see him you know be able to i guess um relinquish some of that control and like that that fierce devotion to his his own independence i guess in a lot of ways um it's a small chapter, but yeah, it does it does like showcase a lot for him. I think yeah, so it's cool. Yeah, it is. I think it's a good example of a you know slight growth throughout you know millennia. Like even though he you know he's he's dying and being reborn over and over you know again and and always kind of starts at the same point. It it, it you know gives me the feeling that. Uh, that somehow after all this this millennia of copying this one person that they're slowly they, they they slowly are changing each each time you know gets gets a little bit uh farther away from where where he started you know um yeah yeah i think somehow they are and i i don't really get it either it reminds me of that line in god emperor where duncan feels like he could like reach out and like touch the thousand other ghost lives that are like right next to him you know yeah. Um, I think in Herbert's universe, like there is something there, even if it might not make logical sense, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's not something tangible or traceable, but like, I, I definitely think there's a case to be made for the fact that, <laughs> that creating Duncan so many times throughout this, this vast stretch of time has changed him for sure. Yeah. I mean, it would be interesting someday to, uh, like have that barrier be busted through where, you know, 
just be very interesting to you know have a Duncan where he can remember all all of his thousands of lives. Yeah. Yeah, he would kind of be like the ultimate Reverend Father Quizats Hatterat yeah. whatever. Yeah, right. Um and that could be that could be a danger of 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 making a dunk in the Quizas Hatterack, because it makes you you know think like maybe the maybe the Quizas Hatterack could break through that shit and, and actually look into past lives like like maybe it would function yeah. as as a sort of you know the lineage of um of you know Atreides that that Paul and Leto could see, right? Yeah, yeah, to see yourself, you know, dead or killed. Uh countless numbers of times would be horrifying yeah would fuck anyone up <laughs> yeah. let alone someone with like incredible power um yeah we'll see the reverend mothers are still worried about that too i mean they are yeah yeah even now they're terraza and Ardrade were discussing that too i believe and they're still kind of like well terraza pretty much feels like oh that's that was part of the thing with shiana Terraza feels like they gotta like abort the whole thing, and that yeah. they gotta kill the Gola. Yes, and, and Shiana has to kill. Terraza's something. like, well, I don't think Teg's gonna do it, and I don't even think Lucilla's gonna do it. But you know who might do it? Mm-hmm. Shiana. Yeah. That's part of why they're trying to bring Shiana yes. into the yes. fold yeah. so yeah. readily. Yep, yeah. yeah. that's um, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't see it happening for an instant. No, but. Um, but it is interesting that that's where Taraz's head is at. Yeah, I but mean, they just got to scrap the whole thing, and yeah, yeah, the the plan didn't go right. This is this could be bad. Um, yeah, yeah, I know a lot of things have gone wrong in this book. Um, but it's funny, like for all the shit that went down, for you know, like the Tleilaxu attacking the keep on Gamu and all the characters getting separated and um Odrade aligning with the Tleilax too, this and that, like it seems like the biggest reason that the Gola project isn't going to work is that Lucilla didn't fuck Duncan. Exactly. Because yeah. he's not imprinted on the Bene Gesserit. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, we gotta stop this now. Yeah. Like, yep. Yep. <laughs> because we do not have a handle on this situation at all. Um, that is for sure the, uh, the, um, you know, r- biggest reason they have to, to end this. Right. It's just funny. Cause like they, do, it like in a way it's like, they wouldn't care. You know, they could have like a thousand Reverend mothers die and they'd yeah. be like, well, did Lucilla fuck Duncan? Yeah. Okay. We're still good then. Yeah, like, yeah. But it's like, no, <laughs> No, we're it's not good right now. Yeah. Um All right. So anyways, yeah, Duncan really has to commit to this this uh this again, not a disguise like his identity. He has to shave his balls. Did you guess that? Oh yeah. Shave his balls. Yeah. Had to mention that. Of course. Duncan's not happy about it. No. He didn't want to do that. He feels like a damn dirty Slaylaxo. <laughs> um yeah, I don't know. Uh, some of these notes, I don't even fully remember. Oh, oh, Duncan's talking, thinking to himself about um, all the things he's swept up in. He feels like Tegs. He doesn't know if Tegs is alive or dead. He feels like Tegs' sacrifice might be 
might have been something that kind of like did imprint on him, or like it kind of ensures his loyalty to the Bene, to the Bene Gesserit. Um, he thinks about that, um, and so then that got me thinking that Duncan's imprinting was successful. Someone did imprint on Duncan, but it's not yeah. Lucilla; yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Teg. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it's funny, like after all this shit. Ultimately, Duncan is still loyal to an Atreides, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Like, at the end of the day, it still boils down to... It's always an Atreides. Yeah. Um, so, it's it's funny, right? Like, I... I don't know. It, it's one of those things that's like, you know, the Bene Gesserit try to control every facet of these things, and they, they never can get, like, every single minute detail down. And it's like, well, in some ways, like, their plan worked. Like, Duncan was imprinted on but it just wasn't lucilla uh um, yeah yeah i mean it, yeah it's true and then then now you know if if duncan sees tag break break form with the Jezreel, you know he he might do the same yes yeah i think so too i think what whatever tag does or doesn't end up doing will probably have a very big impact <clears throat> give on me duncan. one second i'm gonna go on another, another, one more break and then uh but this time i'm gonna actually pause it all right so um so yeah oh there were a couple other things there were a couple other things in this chapter i want to focus in on because duncan has a lot of interesting thoughts one of them is that he doesn't have any he doesn't have any memories he says from his original death on dune to his awakening in the no globe. Mm. So we followed him for about half of the book up to that point. And according to Duncan at this point in the story, we've kind of mentioned that the way Golas exist, like they, they, they are able to sort of compartmentalize their identities in some ways. Um, but at this point, Duncan is saying he doesn't remember anything before from this book, from before he was awakened in the No Globe. Um, you're kind of squinting at me. Like, does he say that? Yeah, I don't. I don't recall that. I mean, it could be true. I'm um, sure, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it is. I here. I wrote down on the the page number so I can find it. It was three eighty two. Yeah, we don't have copy. the same pages. Um, Let me see. No, I know. So hold on. Um, probably about the third page in the second chapter. Um, let's see. He says, here we go. The night's exertions increased Duncan's familiarity with his new flesh. How young this body was. A small lurch of recollection, and he could see that last pre-Gola memory. He could feel the Sardaukar blade strike his head. A blinding explosion of pain and light. Knowledge of his certain death, and then... Nothing. Until that moment with Teg in the Harkonnen no-globe. Well, I don't know if that really means anything of... 
of it. I mean, I'm yeah, sure it does. I, I don't think it means he can't remember his pre-Gola life, but it's separate. I think it's I think it's the I, I don't know. It, it, to me, it sounds like because how could, you know, uh, I I don't know. I, we'll, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. It, it, it also could have been in, in the moment kind of thing. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah. Yeah. I, I I don't know. I don't think that he's going to be like uh, an am- amnesiac for for, no. you know, uh, uh, for the for the last, you know, what, 15 years of his his physical life. But uh, I don't know. No, you're right. I mean, and, and something must survive because, of course, like he knows who Tag is. He knows who Lucilla is. He. He knows the other characters of yeah. the book. Um, so not necessarily that it's like a plot point, more of like a detail of like maybe what is going on inside Duncan's head right mm. now. Like he's still kind of wrapped up in figuring out so many things about himself. He's still, he is still, I don't even remember how many thousands of years were removed from the first Dune book. He's still thinking about his original death, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um. Let alone the fucking yeah, whatever. Fifteen years he's he's been as a gola in this body. Um, of course, you're always you know you come back, it, you know you're recreated from the cells of that original body. You're always gonna consider your death, no matter mm. how far along you are. The the time is irrelevant, but um, but there's a lot going on in Duncan's brain. <laughs> like, yeah, there um, is. There is. It's got to be a very weird place to be. Do you think they're gonna make a uh, like um, Duncan's death in in the Dune movie? Like it's gonna be like a really pronounced and like dramatic moment. So then when he comes back, it's more impactful. <laughs> I was thinking about that a bit because some of what we see in the trailer is Duncan like pretty clearly fighting the Stardar car. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think what we will get. Where where the book kind of ends with the door closing on Duncan, and you know you you only see it from Paul's perspective. He just leaves after that. I think we will see it happen. Like I I, I think that moment will be yeah more, just like you said, more pronounced. I really do. If anything, like it'll make for good drama in the film, and yeah, they might be thinking in the back of their minds like if this really catches on, then. This could be a very big moment going forward. It could be, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I wonder if if like that's part of what they use to pitch, you know, Momoa on taking the role. They're like, yeah, you know, it's it's like kind of like a a side role in the first movie, but then you become a main character. Like, if it's like a if it's like this massive franchise, right? Uh, yeah, of course. Hollywood's very laser focused on franchises, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, could be a big pitch. That could also be something that would scare away other actors too, though. You know, like it maybe could, you just want to do well, the one and well, done. Well, no, I I think because somebody who somebody who's who's fucking Aquaman, you know, that's true. Right, that's think, true. He's 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 pretty ready for that. I think he was looking for the, the 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 franchise. I don't think they're gonna be making more Aquaman, you know, men movies. As far as I uh, have heard, I don't think it did did uh, that well. <laughs> No, it's funny too because from what I heard, a lot of people liked it, which is I didn't see it, but um, oh, really? I uh, yeah, I, I heard a I, lot of people I, thought it was like kind of fun and ridiculous. Oh, uh, okay. I assumed it was just like a bomb. Yeah. 
Well, I, I mean, financially it made. I don't know. I really don't know. But I anyways, mean, regardless, it, it certainly didn't do anything where we're getting like Aquaman sequel after sequel. No, so it's whatever. But I think that's what Momoa wanted, and I think some. Right. I mean, this is all speculation, but maybe, maybe that was one of the things about Dune that excited him. That's uh, a good point. But it, yeah, that'd be it, a really it does seem cool, it does uh, seem that that Duncan's role in the book, uh, the first half at least, is is also maybe more pronounced with having yeah. Momoa in the in the uh, the role. Yeah, I think it's got to be in some ways, right? Like, yeah, you're not going to get Jason Momoa to to do two scenes, and then you know we might even get some of the scenes that are only talked about. Like we know that. Idaho goes ahead of the rest of the Atreides to live with the Fremen. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We might get yeah. some scenes from Duncan's perspective with the Fremen before uh, the Atreides even come to Dune. Yeah, so, yeah. Who knows, man? Who knows? We might we might get a scene of uh, Duncan and Liet Kynes talking together before anyone else even shows up on Arrakis. That would be pretty interesting. Yeah. So there's... Yeah, I, uh, fucking so much opportunity for, just like you said, for for interesting things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, stop it! Don't get ahead of your. Don't. I know. Get ahead of I know. I can't. I want. I, I want Jason it. Momoa to be in six Dune movies too. But, yeah, come on. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, so. Here's here's the other things I want to mention quick. I'll try and go a little faster, I guess. But um, part of how this chapter ends with um, the guide, um, Ambitorm, and Ambitorm. Yeah, I, I forget what he says his other's name is. Um, he. He mentions that they're going through the the like the pathways that the animals would take. So Duncan's like, "Well, what if a scanner, you know, sees us or something?" And he's like, "Well, they're only scanning for, you know, they're 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 they don't care if they see life forms. They're looking for us, you know. So if you act like an animal, then all they're going to see is an animal because yeah, yeah, they're." their instruments aren't going to be so uh, so clear. You know, they're going to fly high in the sky. They're very overconfident. It's easier for them, whatever, you know? So if you act like an animal, they're going to think you're an animal. Um, two, two things I really liked about this. One is, I don't think it's ever, like, necessarily made super... I mean, it is clear, but they're never called it. But essentially... Uh, the people doing the searching here are like Harkonnen descendants, right? I mean, we're on Gamu, the present-day incarnation of Gieti Prime, mm-hmm. the Harkonnen homeworld, of course. Um, so they're not really, like, even called Harkonnens anymore, but, like, they're Harkonnens, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how I think of it. Um, and I bring that up because the Harkonnens still don't make any distinction between human beings and animals, which is really important in the Dune world. Yes, yes. Because that still goes back to the Gamjabar test, yep. where the Bene Gesserit are testing to see if 
you know, if these people are are actual human beings or if they're simply animals, quote unquote. Mm. And that was like always kind of the short sightedness of the Harkonnens. And that's like where a lot of the layers come from of uh, the Baron being killed by the Gamjabar at the end by Aaliyah. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, Herbert does a very good job of of um, you know having having like real real themes uh, woven within like the events of his story, and so I feel like this is a very deliberate move here, you know, where it's like, well, if they act like animals, the Harkonnens aren't going to think fucking twice because they're not even cognizant enough to make the separation themselves, mm. you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I. This guy, this Ambitorm, um, it also felt very Fremen to me. You know, it's like if you can make yourself a creature of the environment, then no other creature will look twice at you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And on Arrakis, that meant, you know, uh, walking without rhythm, not attracting the worms, you know? only moving at night instead of the day. Yeah. Like, yeah. but you know, the Fremen had to adopt the, the lifestyle of like the animals to like become a desert creature. That was mm-hmm. a big thing. And so that same mentality is applied to a completely different environment, but it still holds true, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, instead of being a desert creature, you need to be a forest creature, you know? Um, but that'll fool anyone who's, you know, not, not aware enough to be looking yeah. for anything else, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so yeah, that was all cool. Like, I, I really like, I, I feel like a lot of this chapter of talking about, um, or of reading about like Duncan navigating through this environment to get to the city like ever since they left the no globe herbert put in a lot of work to to showcase more of like what the planet of gamu is like and it's mm. like terrain and the environments and it's really cool to see herbert write about a planet that isn't arrakis yeah um, yeah i, I mean he same, does it really well yeah he 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 does i think he is definitely very uh um informed about the the environments and and the the you know um <clears throat> kind of differences that each of his planets kind of you know have I, I i i think pretty much every planet has has been described in a way that that's interesting to me and uh uh yeah that this is a good kind of a good, you know, a good change of pace cuz yeah i think this is this is like the longest non dune planet we that we've spent time on ever i think you know yeah, hundred percent. Slusa Secundus might be number two, but that's uh I mean Yeah, and that was more like you would see the characters on Seleucus it was always about the characters talking on Seleucus. Exactly, Secundus, yeah, not, not about not much was, Yeah, not much was said about the about the planet itself. Yeah. That's a good point though. It just in terms of like the amount of time spent on another planet. I wouldn't have thought about that, but with like all the Carino plotting and Children of Dune that probably yeah. does put it in a yeah a solid number three. I think it yeah yeah for sure. 
Yeah, um, but you're right. They don't write a lot about the environment there. So, um, I mean, much was yeah, said about it in know. the first Dune book as a prison planet, but yep. um, you know, we're, we're we're led to believe that by the time Children of Dune rolls around, you know, uh, that that had changed. So, yeah, yep, terraforming everywhere, man. Yes. <sighs> All right. Let's go a little quicker. Let's go a little Let's quicker. Let's do it. Lightning round. I don't know if I'm at lightning round levels, but chapter we'll get through chapter three a little quicker. Maybe. I shouldn't say anything. That's going to set me up for failure. You got to just, just uh, you know, put your money where your mouth is. Yep. Um, unless there's anything else you want to mention about this chapter. You got- nope. Roll on. Roll on, partner. All right. So chapter three is uh, Teg emerging onto this busy road. Um, This this very wide, multi-laned road, foot traffic, vehicle traffic. That seems to be like kind of this this main road on the way to the city of Yasai. Um. And he's still, like, getting his bearings after, you know, like, expanding his consciousness and, like, achieving the the next fucking, like, uh, form of Atreides' evolution. Like, Mm. um, so he kind of starts off, like, just trying to, just trying to, like, slow himself down and sort himself out a bit um and once he does he ends up uh trying to figure out how to get to the city he talks to a farmer who's just on the road and the farmer kind of has some other people come up and separate them from the rest of the traffic on the road and he's like hey i am a farmer but I also served under you, Tig. Yes. At this yeah. battle in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm going to help you out. They have a they have a car pull up, and uh, they load Tig into the car, and then Tig's on his way. And at first, as I'm reading this chapter, I'm like, "What are the fucking odds of that, Herbert? What I mean, like, think of all the." hundreds if not maybe even thousands of people walking up and down this road and tag just happens to emerge out of the forest at this time and decides to talk to this random guy who he doesn't even fucking recognize and and it's just someone that he served under in this fucking battle and and he knows that everyone's out looking for tag and they're able to coordinate with like other people and get a car pulled up and have him on his way that's what I was thinking, Connor. That's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. You're looking at me like you weren't thinking any of that. You don't even think that shit. Look I'm just, you. I'm confused. Wait, so why were you thinking that? Because, because Teg, fr- from what, from what we get, Teg just fucking, you know, bust out of this cottage after like hyper fast murdering everyone, you know? Mm-hmm. Tag is on like some crazy fucking like 
DMT drug trip, you know? Mm. He's, like, gone. Yeah. And he fucking stumbles out onto this road, you know, disheveled, confused. And he's like, well, I'm going to the city, and this is the main road, so I guess I'll ask someone, you know, do I just follow this road? Will I get there? He just picks the first fucking guy he sees, Connor. Just the first, just bottom of the barrel, just worst piece of shit, motherfucker. <laughs> this guy, he just, he's just like, this guy will do. He doesn't, oh, like, think like, oh, this guy looks familiar. He's like, oh, how about this fucking guy? And so, for the first bit, you're like, okay, so he's just a farmer. And then yeah. the farmer's like, I'm not just a farmer. Mm-hmm. I used to fucking serve under you. And we're all part of a plan to covertly transport you to the exact place you're trying to go right now. Mm. That's what I'm saying. I, I mean, it, it was obviously planned and and uh, not a coincidence. So I, I mean, who is planning this? We I don't think we we know, but it's it's obvious because they're. I mean, they they had some reconnaissance on him, and um, you know, we're we're tasked to. Get him to the city safely. So I think I, How I think do they, it's... he's just walking. To, this guy's just delivering melons, Connor. If Tag didn't come out, did they know that Tag was going to stumble out in the I, street? Yes, at this exact I time? think so. I think so. I think they. I, I think they had some sort of track on him and 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 planned that. Yeah, I think I, I think it is absolutely somebody's. You know, some some organizations doing. Um, I didn't think that was a coincidence. Because if it was, that, well, would, that would be insane. Yeah. Okay. I Here's the thing. As you read through the chapter, Tag comes across more people who yes. are part of this plan. Yep. And so, like, Tag also kind of comes to realize, like, right, this isn't a coincidence. Like, I'm kind of caught up in something here. But you thought it was a coincidence at at that point. Okay, yes, number one. And two, even though it's a plan, it feels like some coincidental things have to happen in order for the plan to work. Like, it's it's tough because I also understand some of this, not even some, a large portion of this book, in fairness, has been has been dedicated to this examination of, like... Um, you know, can you predict how people would behave if you know them well enough? Mm-hmm. You know, we've, we, that's like been a big thing ever since Tag and Terraza and Odrade and Lucilla and Duncan have been split up. They're kind of all trying to figure out what the other one is doing without being able to communicate with them. Mm-hmm. And so, like, very large portions of this book have been dedicated to, like, you know, with Burzmali trying to figure out where Tag is, especially, like, so there is kind of this prevailing idea of like, well, we chose Tag to be part of this plan because he's independent, because he does things that are unexpected. Mm-hmm. But if we know him well enough, can we predict what unexpected things he might do? Yeah, yeah. So theoretically, within the scope of this story, you can see how certain characters might be like, oh, well, if we know Tag's last location, then we can predict with some degree of certainty that he might at some point come out at this point in the road because he wants to try and get to the side. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. 
But it feels like I'm doing some of the lifting here and not the book. I'm The groundwork is there, but I feel like this chapter was like very... I feel like... I feel like I got shoved into the car, Connor. Do you know what I mean? I feel like I got thrown into it. Yeah. You know? I get it. I get it. I, I just think... Um... I know that this is the thing that drives me crazy, and you're like, well, whatever. Or or you just or you're just with it, you know? They must but... have had they must have had tracking on him. That's just they must have had tracking on him somehow. And that's what they planned. I I don't think there's any they, other They planned for him to talk to this one farmer. What if he talked to a different farmer? They, it, they, they were all part of it. Everyone in that <laughs> like, you know, that that what, area. What what if he came out an hour later and all the farmers that were part of the plan just kept walking? Are they walking in circles? I mean, that's the only reason that they're there is to is is to get, you know, him. I mean, I you know, I think and and again, if they had tracking on him and they knew what, you know where he was on his way, like I I think I don't know. I I think it was all very very uh premeditated. Yeah. Well, it it kind of it, it ends up working out. By the end of the chapter, Clearly, I still have some uh, reservations about it, but I, I think there's enough going for it that I'm like, okay, Herbert, like, you win, whatever. Like, okay, talk to the right fucking melon farmer, whatever. <laughs> um, but I really had to get that off my chest. Oh my God. Uh, so anyways, so anyway, whatever, we're done with it. So anyways, he gets thrown to the fucking car. And then Tag is like so hungry because uh, he hasn't eaten and he's used all this energy. Mm. He takes so much energy to be at this like level of mentat functioning. He gets brought to this uh, this place. He gets some soup. The person who serves him also mentions that um, you know I think he served under Tag. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and that's when Tag starts to kind of like put the pieces together. And then at last. Teg is brought to, um, I guess, kind of like this uh, drinking establishment. It's not a pub, you know. It's like a pretty big place. Um, more like a movers and shakers kind of R and R establishment. Yes. Um, but Teg is brought there, and. When um, he he meets someone from the scattering, they have a very weird accent. They talk about a bunch of weird shit. Mm-hmm. They're you know all the people from the scattering are fucking weirdos, of course. Um, but Teg is uh, undergoes a medical examination, and it's a souk doctor. Yes, 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 yes. Yep. Who examines it? So that's. That's what I wanted to bring up yep. from talking about UA before. Yeah, but but he's got a red, um, yes, imperial condi- you know conditioning thing. Yes, yeah, right. It's a different color, but like same shit. Um, or or so the doctor says. Right. Yes. Right. Could, who knows? Who knows with this shit? Um, a lot of it seems like very similar, but different kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, um, they don't really know what's what's going on exactly. Um, what this chapter really made me think of, well, at any rate, uh, Teg, Teg gets checked over. He eats a sh- so much 
she eats an incredible so amount like an unbelievable eats, like he eats like the any scene in fucking dragon ball z where goku has to just like shovel down like fucking tables of food you know what i mean those are good scenes you, you know what i mean right i do yeah yeah it's like he's like throwing back a can of baja blast yeah. you know uh yeah yeah so, so far i am at uh two baja blasts two coke zeros and i'm on to a bud light seltzer Wow, nice. With, within the last Finally, finally on the alcohol portion of the evening. Yes, it's that time. I'm on my second Meanwhile, you're drinking apple whiskey. juice. You're drinking apple juice. Fuck you. <laughs> Come on. No, it's a big ice cube, so it, it's got to be, yeah. it's gotta be yeah. whiskey. That's whiskey. right. I mean, it's, it's, it's since, since melted to a smaller ice cube. But, oh, uh, you're a whiskey man. You're a I'm whiskey, a whiskey man. man. Yes. What's yep. so, uh, sir? Uh, if you don't mind me asking, uh, what what's mm, your yeah? Go ahead. What's your drink of choice? Um, first off, I'd like to say, not only do I not mind you asking, I'm actually elated that you did because at at any point throughout my day, I I am simply holding back a, a torrent of screams within the core of my being, just. Dying to announce that I am a whiskey man. Oh, you're a whiskey man. I'm a, I'm a whiskey man. Okay. Yep. So that's me. In a what, nutshell. What is uh? What's what's Teg's drink of choice? Um. You know, I'd be tempted to say that he would drink uh like that that Mentat wine, like oh, oh, yeah. I did, but we never yeah, see that. I, yeah. I think he does. I think there is a scene of him. You know what? I know it. Uh, I think it's. I think it's coffee, mm, mm. or some sort of co- like coffee adjacent drink. Yeah, he mentions it's a, that it, it another reminds brown him, like, of his stimulant. Mom. Another brown um, stimulant. Yeah. So. Yes, I think he's a coffee man. Yeah. No, I think that sounds right. Um. Especially now, the way he moves. You know, it, it's like, uh, you ever see that episode of Futurama where Fry drinks 100 cups of coffee? In a yes. Mm-hmm. Do you really know what I'm talking about? He gets to, he's like freaking out the whole well, episode, but then he I, drinks cup 100 and he gets I like know it from the, I you know, know it from the gifts, you know, the, the, oh, the okay. where, where he's gotcha. all bug-eyed and. Yes. Yeah. yeah so that's, the th- that's sort of where he's at right now, though. That's kind of where Tega's at. It's like he drank 100 cups of coffee. Yeah, you know, you you, you you see him moving around. You point to him, and you're like, "Hey, don't give that guy any coffee." Yeah, no, that's a coffee man. Mm-hmm. No, you'll never see a whiskey man do that. Let me tell you. Oh no, uh, no way, no way. We are much more grounded figures. I very much at home in an armchair or couch. Yes, for sure, absolutely. It's, uh, a very slow sipping beverage. Mm-hmm. Um, which you know, which coffee can be as well. But I mean, if you get to 100 cups, then you're 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 somewhere else, you know. You are. You are. Um At any rate, I I got the impression, I got the impression uh oh right, so Tag eats a whole bunch and then he's going to meet an honored mater. Like they're kind of trying to prepare him for this meeting with an honored mater. Um we well, don't yeah, get but to it's see not, that happen. But but it's not um it's not like uh you know he hasn't been told by anybody that that's what was happening. No, he pieces that together himself. 
it's it's like a very like strange intense scene between him and the uh like the general guy yeah um, where where he just so i mean something something is afoot something is afoot what you know was he transported all the way here safely just so this could happen like what was it all in in service of whoever these was it the honor, honored maiders that planned this to intercept him yeah i mean could they have, you know, taken people who who served with Tag or claimed to serve with Tag, and and you know, used that against him, and and yeah, uh, you know, man- manipulated the situation? I don't know. No, that's very true, especially when when Tag is thinking about the honored maiders earlier in this chapter, he's reminded of like what Taraza, like to, he he's reminded of a line Taraza has, which is like. Um, you know, don't, I don't know. It's as simple as like, don't trust them, but it's, it's more yeah. like, don't trust anyone who could be associated with the honor meters. Mm. Like they could have their, their claws sunk in very deep. Yes. Um, which is a really interesting point. Like when he's talking to the driver, um, he mentions like, Teg asks essentially how long the honor meters have been on Gamo. Um, And if we're thinking about just, like, from the events of this book, it's like, you know, it kind of, it almost feels like, did they just land there? Is all this shit going down because we know they're arriving? But, like, the more you read into the book, they've already arrived. The driver says the Honored Maters have been on Gamu for at least 100 years. Yep. That's a third of Teg's entire life. Yeah, yeah. They've been on Gamu. It's true. I mean, you know, you can imagine, I guess, that, that he grew up with, uh, you know, his entire life with, oh, the lost ones are coming back. You know, it's kind yeah. of like this mythic thing. You know, I, I don't think the scattering returned all at once. I think it's it's it started out little by little and then, you know, maybe increased over, yeah. the, over the years. Yeah. And once when we get to the fourth chapter in just uh, minutes, um we're going to have more to talk. Like they, they really, Herbert really expands on like the different characters, um, the, the different kinds of, of people mm-hmm. that are, that, that the scattering kind of represents. Like it's so much bigger than I really realized. Um, yeah. And the fact that so much of the scattering has already arrived and has been living amongst, you know, the the people of the core worlds, um, hadn't really dawned on me until they just spelled it out for me here, you know. Uh, um, but it makes sense, you know, because the people of the scattering, like any people, they're not like some... That'd be like if every person on planet Earth was like one people. Like, they're not a united front people are going to kind of come and go as they please and of course people know different things about the scattering like Mm -hmm. it makes sense that so many of them would already be like mingling and mixing within like the local population but yeah um getting this small bit of information that the honored meters have been here for a not insignificant amount of time really does feel like what strings are they pulling that we might not realize. Mm-hmm. And I think you have a, a pretty good, um, a pretty good like suggestion or, or bet on that, that they, 
they very well could be the ones who brought Tag there. Not that this was uh, yeah. So Tag isn't so much saved as he, as he is perhaps still trapped. We'll see. We will see. But uh, yeah, it seems like they 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 maybe this is something that they have been planning for quite some time. You know, we, we you know waiting. They're ready to strike at the right moment because you know they they, they know there's a Bene Gesserit uh, keep or whatever. You know, yep. like it might have all been part of the plan. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess they, they they're the ones that attacked the keep. So may so I mean, right? Yeah, they could have engineered this entire thing. Yeah, true. And I think there's something to be said too about like um you know what what groups do or don't warrant like um uh like another review or estimation because like when we start heretics we're pretty much flat out told that the Tleilaxu who have been uh discredited for so long have really been biding their time, you yes. know, that they're playing the long game um, and that they, they really do have a plan beyond like this veil of incompetence. Um, you know, so too the Bene Gesserit could just as easily be completely dismissing the honored maters, you know, calling them whores every time the name is uttered, mm. just like dirty Tleilaxu. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just a slur to completely count them out. But, not realizing how they're being influenced. You know, it's like this invisible hand that's that's guiding them in ways that they don't even realize. So we uh no matter what, you know, I don't know if the honor maters are carrying over to the next book or what, but no matter what, um they certainly seem to have a a big role to play in the ending here mm-hmm. in, in some fashion. Um, whatever that is I can't even we'll have to talk a bit more about this at the end here too but I, I feel like I can't even think about what the ending of this book is going to look like sometimes I no, have a guess yeah. but I have no idea yeah. what's going uh, on here Connor who's to say I mean you know I feel like like how much do we even have time for but I mean I I know Herbert's going to cram a lot of uh, action into you know just five chapters or so so um yeah i i i don't know there's many possibilities yeah. but i it's it's best not to assume yes always um all right but yeah so this chapter kind of ends with yeah like tag pretty much says that he's pieced everything together he thinks he knows what's happening here uh but we don't see any of it happen the chapter ends so that's kind of what we got for this one unless you want to add anything before moving on Right on. Okay. Chapter four. Um, chapter four. Chapter four. All right. So this is where we'll get to talk a bit more about the people of the scattering. Um, because this is the chapter with Lucilla and Bersmali entering Yasai. Um... And they kind of go through like this very shadowy back alley town um, or, or part of the larger city. 
The city itself of Yasai is apparently almost impossibly massive, like many of the things in Dune. Um, but this is kind of on the outskirts and and obviously very like impoverished and um, just feels like a very well done, you know, sort of cliche of like the. I could feel like like it's like cobblestone and there's like people, you know, wringing their hands in the corners, yeah, and pickpockets yeah. and mm-hmm. you know, like uh it's very much that kind of place. Um but what what Herbert does a really great job of is like filling it with interesting and bizarre people. It kind of feels like um kind of feels like a mashup of um, I don't know why I can't, I can't think of a specific example of like going through like a, a dangerous part of town in a story, even though those count to them, but it, it feels like any number of those kind of things and the cantina scene from star Wars, a new hope, like, mm. because yeah, everywhere yeah. they like turn or look, it's like, there's a new thing or person to observe like they they come across like people like these kids who were going to i don't know mug them or or like throw rocks at them but then first molly is like oh well i serve goldor and he's like oh goldor is the name of leto here like they're part of a sect that yes 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 yes, yes, like serves the god emperor or whatever like so that's thrown in there and then they they literally then they they see um i don't know there's like i i want to find actually i kind of want to find the line um they find like this guy who's just like huddled up hu- hugging his knees and uh they say he has like some certain oh shit i did find it let me just read it um let's see a tall man sat on the first step in the corner doorway, his knees drawn up close to him. His long arms were wrapped around his knees. The thin fingered hands clasped tightly together. He wore a wide brimmed black hat that shaded his face from the streetlights, but twin gleams from the shadows under that brim told Lucilla that this was no kind of human she had ever before encountered. This was something about which the Bene Gesserit had only speculated. Um... Prismali waited until they were well away from the seated figure before satisfying her curiosity. Futar, he whispered. That's what they call themselves. They've only recently been seen here on Gamu. Eitzleilaxu experiment, Lucilla guessed. So, in just like four or five lines there, you know, Herbert kind of just like casually drops in an entire new race or or like group of humans like separately evolved people you know like a futar could be the next fucking slaylaxu or the ixians or whatever the fuck you know yeah but they're just they're just there like i feel like herbert does like a very a lot of like small small focus but like big implication kind of like um attention on on 
the many different variations of people that that are a consequence of the scattering like yeah, it's a yeah. lot it's a lot more it than is. we could know it you is know? yeah it's 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 a you know literally a whole new like ecosystem of of people you know it's like a, it's like they all have different variations like we have different variations and it's uh, it's it's kind of like you know our universe merging with a parallel universe yes and, it does feel that way yeah and, and like all the disparate kind of groups that are similar but different and it's i mean so yeah it's 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 a really really interesting blending of societies like it's 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 a really cool uh concept totally and 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 these like these outsiders who are now settling on on these planets you know where their ancestors fled from like a long time ago and that that's that's a that's a really crazy thought too right yeah like what that that's always going to lead to questions to like what right do they have you know do they have a right to to return to their ancestral homes or like yeah. are the people who have been living there the whole time going to feel like yeah. they are now the outsiders returning, you know? Um, so who knows what may or may not come from that. It could yeah. be nothing, but yeah. it, it really does feel like, like as Herbert's writing heretics and he's like getting more and more to this point, he's like very consciously opening his universe back up again, you know? Yeah, yep, yep like, definitely. Five books in, he's like, okay, you know. Because, of course, when we when we started Dune, you know, he starts relatively small. Um, I don't even... I don't even really remember if he name drops Ix or the Ixians in the first Dune book. But I, I know don't... for a fact he doesn't ever talk about the Slaylaxian. No. That's not until Messiah. Yep, I think you're right. Um, I don't think he. I mean, it it might have been a, in in a passing, right moment. If he, but... Right, if he does, it's small. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But it it kind of feels like it's like okay, you know, Dune starts pretty much with the Harkonnens and the Atreides and the Spacing Guild, like the, like those power structures. Yeah, and then. You know, we move on, we get the Tleilaxu, we get the Ixians, we, we continue, we continue. Um, and it's like five books in, I feel like Herbert's like, okay, you know, you're comfortable. Well, you know what a fucking futar is? No? Yeah, yeah. you don't, <laughs> do you? Like, <laughs> um, he's just like always shaking things up and that's, expanding that's, them in yeah. new directions. It's it's a great way that, uh, you know, to open things back up. Because like a lot of times with like long running series or shows or whatever um a way to do that is you know I, like oh you press the reset button or yeah or oh this it's there's an alternate universe or something but just the the like uh, again the thought of just a long sect of 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 humanity you know f fleeing and becoming lost and coming back uh it, you know it's it's yeah it's almost like a uh a totally different species Yes. Yeah, it it does it does feel that way. There's like a clear separation. And um, you know, very smartly too, like Herbert ties these things into the actions of you know, n not only the main plots, but of like the the grand decisions of his main characters. Like the scattering is a direct consequence of 
Leto's reign as God Emperor. It's the reason it happened. So, like, you know, you're never questioning, like, where are all these fucking people coming from? You're like, oh, shit. This is, like, like clear-cut, you know? Like, even though we're not focusing on Leto anymore, like, you still feel his, his presence. You still see the ripple effect of the last book mm-hmm. in this book. And, like, that's what makes reading through the series so rewarding because it's not just like oh well what not only what is happening next but like why is it happening and like how can you see how that connects to what you already read like yeah um like he just does a really good job of of having like meaningful consequences in his writing you know nothing nothing really feels um I know I was just complaining about coincidence and shit with, with tag, but like, but when it comes to the broad brushstrokes, like nothing is left to chance, you know, like it's, you can tie it back to some character decision somewhere in the previous books. Um, so it, it's, it's just like really, you get a lot of, um, I don't know, just like interesting developments and you're like, shit, like that's Leto. That's Muad'Dib. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 a great like example of like long term consequences in you know in fiction. You know, it it you know usually is is kind of used for uh, like a cheaper thrill. But you know, we're 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 getting payoffs from the first book. You know, now in the in the fifth book, or you know, yeah. So yeah, it's it it, it definitely is well done. For real, man. Um, and there were even a couple other, uh, like, I know in God Emperor 2, like, we were complaining about, like, what is, like, life like on these planets, you know, what, I feel like Herbert has also done a lot of work to show what life is like for the many different groups of people on Gamma, you know, like, we have the, I don't know, there's a lot of focus on like how things operate on the ground level. And this is another good chapter to showcase that when Lucilla's looking at all the different um, people around her, she also notes this group of people called the Bordanos, which are, they're, they're humans who have been bred a certain way to like work within these conditions. I, I think they're like, um, like factory workers or like manual labor, like it's very manual labor intensive. So like, I think she mentions like they were bred to have no smell and they're incredibly strong. Mm -hmm. And I only want to touch on that quickly because, um, I, I feel like it's, it's one of the few showcases. I mean, not really in some ways because like the mentats and like you think about all the different ways that people have changed or shaped humans to fulfill different purposes. Like that's kind of the bread and butter of Herbert's universe. But, but these people have like literally been bred. It sounds like, like using breeding lines, like the Bene Gesserit to, to like, um, uh, you know, uh, like increase desirable traits and then eliminate ones you don't want for this specific line of work. So like if you're born as this person, you're going to do this job because that's why you were born, you know? Um, 
And like that is different from how like a mentat would work or presumably how like a guild navigator would work. Like that's something that you kind of like, you do have to be like, I don't know, raised a certain Mm. way, but I don't think you're bred for that. And like breeding control has kind of been like the sole purview of the Bene Gesserit. Like if you think about breeding in Dune, and breeding lines, you're probably thinking about the Bene Gesserit because they're the ones who do it. But yeah. this was like just a really small example of Herbert being like, hey, like here's a minor detail that shows that like it's not just the Bene Gesserit, that there are other groups or other people who think about these things and have like taken it in their own direction for like this purpose, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's not unique to them. So... So I'll stop rambling about it, but like I had a lot of examples written down of ways that I feel like this chapter did a lot of work to kind of like crack open the possibilities of humanity in Dune all over again. And it's just yeah. one chapter in this book, you know, um, a lot was shown to us in a really short amount of time. And I think it was, you know, that's another thing that Herbert does really well. And I think he did it really well here. So, yeah, yeah, it was cool. Um, but yeah, um, oh, and last thing, there was literally two, (laughs) there, there's a part in this freaking scene where like they walk by someone and they're like, that guy's head is too small for his body. And it's like. Two people standing on top of each other in a trench coat, Connor. (laughs) They're two Tleilaxu masters who are, I guess they're all, like, really short. Yep. Literally, one of them standing on top of the other shoulders in a fucking trench coat. It's 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 classic. It's a classic routine. was, Was that, like, was that, like, fucking overdone when Herbert wrote this book, I mean, like, how many times have you seen that gag played yeah. out in, like, fucking cartoons and shit over I mean, the years? I think it was I mean, probably maybe a reference and Her- to those gags. I don't, it just, it's, I, and it's Herbert a, decides to do it here. Like, yeah. how, how bold, in yeah. some ways, how bold do you have to be to try and pull that off? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. It's like... <laughs> It's so dumb. I can't even criticize it. It's just ridiculous that Herbert even went for it. Um, but he yeah. did. I, it's, it was just, like, it's an example of him having some fun, you know? Old Herb he, is just is, is having a laugh. He really does. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's taking the spice. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. I'd be remiss if I did not point that one out. Thank you. Um, and anyways... Uh, they, they go through all this shit, whatever. Really what Brismali is doing is he's taking Lucilla to this place with these old hags, as they describe them, because they can get Brismali and Lucilla to Rackus. Yes. Because the hags themselves are, uh, I guess former residents of Rackus. Like they were 
I think they lived on Rackus as as Fremen. I mean, as descendants of Fremen. Yeah, yep, yep. Um, and here they are on Gamu. So somehow they have a means to get people to Rackus, and that is what Bursmali was searching for throughout mm. the city here. So we're kind of left with this idea that Bursmali and Lucilla are going to Rackus uh, by way of these people that they have met in Yusai. Um... So yeah, there's a, a lot, a lot, a lot of characters. I feel like so much was introduced in this chapter in some ways, and so many things are going on in these various chapters that um, it almost feels a little unfocused to me. Like for so long, not a huge stretch, but I mean like a lot of this book was focused in on Lucilla, Odrade, Taraza, Duncan, and Teg. Like they're like the five core characters here. Yeah. And especially when um, Terraza and Odrade were split off doing their thing and Lucilla, Duncan, Teg were in the no globe there and doing their two, their thing. It felt like there were like two very distinct, solid stories. Like, and that's one of the parts where I was like sucked in most to like the drama of this book between these characters. Um, not to say that that has waned. But, like, these chapters have been kind of disorienting for me because it feels like so many things are being shoved into it almost. And then, yeah. like, this chapter is almost too much. There's, like, here's – I know they're not really characters, but there's, like, here's 20 other fucking people and shit to keep track of. Yeah. And they're only being introduced so they can go to Rackus and all this shit. And uh, I, I thought it was kind of a lot, too, in a way. Like, here at the end, like, we're kind of wrapping up and Herbert is, like – expanding still. yeah you know yeah, what i mean yeah yeah i mean that's yeah he's, he's got too many ideas and uh, yeah i mean i think i think it's it's kind of uh it's exciting getting a lot of things introduced at once but it can be you know it, it, it can be uh confusing as well yeah and i'm you know at this point i know better than to you know reserve judgment until the very end and and again overall i have been in love with heretics. I think it's so good. Um, but this section, I thought it almost felt a little haphazard the way Herbert is kind of like, I don't want to say stumbling to an ending, but like, it feels like he's like, well, I need, or I want these characters in certain places. And he kind of has to introduce things to get them there in a way that yeah. mm -hmm. to me, doesn't feel as, like clockwork crafted it's a bit more haphazard i think um yeah but we'll see how it all solidifies at the end that's just see how i'm feeling now we'll see all right man i know you're tired we're rambling about dune classic let's, let's go through this last chapter let's do it up this is it um, do you remember this last chapter? Um, you know, kind of refresh my memory. <laughs> Boy, you really do need me to lead you through here. I do. Um, we got to, uh, we really got to be on top of our game for this last episode. I know. I know. We, 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 know. we th but there should be a shorter turnaround time. We should, I mean, God willing. Yeah, I know. 
I mean, it's I, I get it. It's not it's not entirely up to us, but um, we gotta. I, I hope I hope we're a bit more on the same same page here. We'll see. You know, there's no way to. There's no way to know for know. sure. I know. I know. Um, honestly, the reason I asked you is because I'm a little foggy on this last chapter. Okay. I was kind. Of, I was a little. I mean, I I read it. But like I was like a, a little dozing off literally between parts. Oh, here. really? Okay. And then I kind of had to like wake up and like, oh, no. keep reading. I was like, I gotta. Um, but uh, Terraza, Shiana, Waf, Odrade, and m- uh, other members of the priesthood all meet together in this. It's like this museum within Dares Balats mm-hmm. um, that like holds precious artifacts from uh, the tyrant's reign, and they they kind of meet here to figure out what's going on, and they kind of kind of dawns on them that, um, and this is was sort of alluded to in some of the previous chapters, but that the 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 new face dancer who is posing as Tuek has been Tuek for so long that he believes he's Tuek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. That they might that he he might actually be uh, confusing himself. Yeah. He literally, when he's told he's a face dancer, he's like, "Oh, damn the dirty Tleilaxu! Like, how dare you? This and that. Like, um, so so Waf has kind of like lost control mm. of." Um, of the face dancer here. Um, and Terraza kind of just like gloats in that sort of, sort of revels in that. Um, I think what really comes of this is, uh, Terraza and Waf end up having a conversation where Waf is like, oh, you knew this was going to happen. And Taraz is like, well, I didn't know, but I suspected it. And they, I think they kind of stay in this, like, very tenuous, delicate partnership together. Um, But Taraza even mentions or kind of, like, calls out Waf saying that, like, she knows that the axolotl tanks aren't tanks at all, that they're really the Slaylaxu women. Yes, 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 yes. And Waf is, like, very shocked. Um, but, like, I don't know. Um, literally, I'm looking through the chapter right now. I'm like, I... I feel like they kind of strengthen their their partnership, um, even though they're still not trusting each other entirely. Um, so, oh, right. Oh, that's what it is. Oh, my God. Okay. So, so Waf is convinced to say what he has learned about the Honored Meters. Mm-hmm. And he pretty much says that um, 
like that the honored maiders are so good at fucking <laughs> that they are capable of completely controlling anyone they have sex with yes yep Com- completely um in like a trance like state that they can like give this uh extended full body orgasm to the point where the recipient will literally do absolutely anything like that's kind of what the true power of the honored maters is is revealed to be yes mm-hmm. and waff is like i can demonstrate with the face dancers <laughs> oh, God, that i have yeah. and so waff brings oh, himself the face dancers uh odrade terraza and shiana importantly to observe yep the idea is they're going to like share this knowledge as like, I think a brokering of trust here. Mm. Um, and so, so it happens. Um, and so not only does the Bene Gesserit obtain this knowledge with, which could be important. They kind of say to themselves that like they wouldn't use this power. Like they yeah. kind of believe it's too dangerous mm-hmm. or it could be too easily abused. But of course, they're also sort of dedicated to like storing all knowledge within themselves mechanically and analytically. Yep. And so yep. they want to know. Um, but importantly, Shiana witnesses it too. And the concern is that, you know, Shiana is still so young and so fresh into the Bene Gesserit, that she doesn't have the same loyalties and obligations to the Bene Gesserit order. She doesn't have the same sense of self-control. So, like, Shiana is also kind of bestowed with this insane sexual otherworldly ability. But perhaps at an age so young and at a time so young... But that it, it it could cause unknown disaster. And it seems a little silly to talk about it because it's literally just fucking someone so good that you can control them. Yeah. Um, but I guess that's like kind of what the Bene Gesserit have been trying to do this whole time with the imprinting and just... They, they are more subtle about it, you know, that the, the control has to be like consented to by the recipient in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. They're different methods. Rather than the honor, honor maters who like just steamroll through people, you know? Mm. Um, so, so I don't know. It kind of ends with this, you know, Odrade is sort of talking to herself and she's like, you know, what, what have we, what have we done? You know, like, what, what has been done to us? Um, and it turns out Shiana's there and she's listening and she's like, oh man, like, isn't all this shit crazy? And 
uh, remember when I, like, first, you know, met you guys and decided I was going to be a Bene Gesserit and this and that. And Odrade even mentions, she even likens the, um, the, the sexual demonstration to when she was looking out the window to the dance, the Cyanoc dance. Yeah. Um, which you'll be relieved to know I don't have a lot to say about. Because last time we talked about the Cyanoc dance for like we an did. hour. We did. Yeah, that was a long one. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have more in me just yet, but... The fact the fact that Herbert is making that connection, I think, is very intriguing. I'll have to think more about that. Yeah, um, I, I think so too. I mean, uh, it's it's another kind of language, you know, that that humans speak in, and and I guess uh, you know, it's it's their equivalent to being like really great at using the voice, you know. Yeah, yeah, good point. Right, I kind of forgot. That, that that's where Odrade lands, that it's a language. So yeah, yeah right. Yeah. It's, it's that unspoken sort of thing. Um But yeah, it it, it ends with um Odrade thinking back to that and kind of feeling like um I think that Shiana is like lost in some ways, you know, or 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 swept up in things so much larger than her that it's it's hard for her to fathom. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you know, Shiana sees this thing, she sees the 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 sexual demonstration and you know she can't help but like be excited and like wrapped up in everything yeah and odrade is kind of like sort of left to mourn for her almost um feeling like it's it's just another just another like rope tied to shiana by the bene Gesserit to, to keep mm-hmm. her yeah i guess with them in line so, yeah. And at any rate, that brings us to the end of our five chapters here. Um, and like I mentioned before, I these five chapters are obviously connected. I mean, like, they happen sequentially and they're related to one another. But... Like a lot, I in in some of the other books, it feels like when we're up to this point, like the chapters will have more of a flow with each other. Yeah. Um, and here they felt a little disconnected to me. So it's really, I feel like I'm kind of back to being like it's almost weird in some ways. I guess <sighs> that Herbert ends his books kind of like fast and strong, but but I don't feel like I'm going to read like the next five pages and, and heretics of Dune. You know what I mean? No, I don't feel the same way either. I think we're going to, I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of books from the Dune series that I feel that way about too. But, uh, but this, this definitely is kind of, uh, maybe the most kind of, um, back and forth ending of a book. Yeah. Um, I mean, we'll see. We'll, obviously, we'll have a lot to talk about. Um, is there anything you'd like to mention about anything we've talked about today, or or like thoughts on what you think might happen during this ending? Anything like that? Where are you at? All I gotta say is, roll on, baby, roll on.
Yeah, I know. You're pretty Roll you're pretty done. On. I don't think I don't think we can do the 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 other big thing is we can't do the next podcast at seven. Because you're um, too tired. No, 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 no. I I think it's it's fine. Uh, I think seven on on most days is fine. I think I think this is just a, a day I'm extra tired. Yeah, I can tell. You're pretty tired, man. I am. I'm a tired boy. Like I know we got to get these podcasts done, and we gotta we gotta do it at the times when we both have time because obviously we want to read. But like, you know, I need you to be fully present here, man. You're my Dune dude. You're the other half to this. I need you to be. I need you to be alert. You know, no one wants to just listen to me talk for two and a half hours. I think you'd be surprised. I don't know. I, I think you. I, I think you have some some voice ability of your own, and and you know, you'll 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 find the the masses are entranced by by every word you say. You know. I'm going to choose to believe that. Okay. Yeah. Very, very easy for me to be manipulated. You, uh, <laughs> you found the lever, my friend. Well, no, let's, yeah, let's, let's hope that, um, this next week is not as crazy and that we can get, uh, uh, to talking about Dune sooner. Um, yeah, but you know, there's no guarantees. It's, it's, I think it's good to be surprised. On each episode of Dune Dudes, you know, you, yep. you you crank it up, you 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 know, you press play, you crank up your volume on your phone or in your car, you know, and, and you're you're never totally sure if it's going to be a good one or a bad one. And I think there's no, and I think you know, it's it, it's it's a fun ride, you know, either either way we go. I think uh, I think, I think there's plenty of charm in our bad episodes. I I'm not even saying I think this is a bad episode. In fact, no, it is. I mean, I since I've been talking so much and people love the sound of my voice. I mean, that's what you said, not me. Uh, maybe it's one of our better episodes. You know, it could be. Maybe, I mean, maybe maybe, maybe this is what we got to do. Maybe I don't next know. week we'll let you so, go. We'll we'll just let you fly solo. I'm even yeah. Maybe next episode I'll, we'll read the five chapters and I'll just do the podcast by myself whenever yeah. I yeah. get around to it. Feel yeah, like yeah, that, that that works for me. And then you can just I don't know, do some some comments on the side or something. No, I'm good. I'm good. All right. Um I just wanna I wanna mention then, thinking about you know, the the next episode will be the last for Heretics of Dune. Um I'm just bracing myself here for what has to be the inevitable Duncan Shiana meeting on Rackus, right? Like I, Duncan, you know, Duncan has to go to Rackus and meet Shiana before yes, the book is over, right? Yes, you would think so. You would think so. But I mean, you uh, once again, you know, we cannot make that assumption. Yeah, but like, I, I, I I'm making it. I feel like it. <laughs> I think I can't they. I think they will. Without it happening, I, I think that will happen. I do, but I, I don't know how how much of the rest of the book that will be. I think it might be short lived. Yeah, I mean, at this rate, it'll we'll be lucky if we get it, even two chapters of that. Yeah, together. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but literally, that's like the only thing I feel safe in in mentioning. Like I. 
usually I feel like I might have more to say, but like, you know, is Teg going to live or die? What's he going to do with his powers? Is, you know, what's going to happen with the Honored Maters? Is Terraza going to try and kill Odrade? Uh, I mean, I, I could speculate more on that, but I tell you what, Connor, I'll spare you. You go get some rest, bud. Well, we, 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 you know, we definitely are not going to get everything resolved entirely. Um, We never do. No, no. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a matter of what you think is going to take importance in the final act. Um, So that, that'll be interesting to see. Uh, but yes, we got to get out of here. Connor is is uh, tired from talking for two hours. Um, and uh, if you want to email us at dunedudespod at gmail.com, you can. You can tweet at us at dunedudespod. It's a lot of fun over there on twitter.com. Um, we're also at TV on Instagram and Twitter. And until next time. Watch that new trailer if you haven't already. Get ready to support our boy Denis. Denis, Viennois. October twenty second. We gotta. That's probably how you say his name. Yeah. We gotta. We gotta get the fucking part two made, man. Get out there. Go, go support your local Regal Cinema. Support yeah. your local AMC. You know. <laughs> I think that's that's what that's what we gotta do. Yeah. Um, all right. All right. Get and get ready for the last the last fucking episode of Heretics of Dune. We're gonna bring Holy the shit, we're, we're gonna ramp up the energy. Um, all of like five monsters instead of the the four yeah. sodas I had. Yeah, here. you 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 need you need way more Baja Blast than what you had today. Yes, maybe it'll be an all Baja Blast episode. Yeah, God God willing. <laughs>